All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, is my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, another week in the books, and we're here to discuss our Week 11 recap. It is Wednesday evening. Week 12 is literally just hours away from being upon us. And most importantly, it's Thanksgiving week. So how are you feeling heading into Thanksgiving week? I'm feeling great, Weston. Uh, you know how you know you're getting old? Enlighten me. On Thanksgiving Eve, you're no longer going out to bars and clubs. You're doing podcasts in the basement of your home and hopefully your your children don't wake up. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but like you and I were joking about jumping onto this. You know how you're getting old is when your oven's not working and you're responsible for multiple things at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> you're trying to figure that out so you can justify even getting on a podcast <laughs> to talk football. <laughs> Dude, it sucks getting old. It really is. So for any of our listeners, stay as young as you can for as long as you can but Lou I know we're we're gonna dive into what we're thankful for in, in short order here but I'm gonna lead us by saying I'm thankful that this is the NFL and it never fails to give us great content to discuss this week we witnessed the Bills get dismantled by the Colts the Titans lose in improbable fashion to the lifeless Houston Texans and the Colt McCoy-led Arizona Cardinals beat down the Russell Wilson-led Seahawks in Seattle. So it's like you and I talk about every week. Proof that this league is literally week to week. And yet another week goes by. And we're probably going to talk about yet another team who could be the hottest team in the AFC. A la the New England Patriots. But to me, Lou... This is fun, my friend. I wouldn't have it any other way. So with all that being said, what do you say we jump into this evening's show? Let's jump in. All right. So we'll begin, as we always do, with our hometown takes. Your Chargers had the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. On primetime. On primetime. I don't don't get me started on primetime because <laughs> two weeks from now we were supposed to be on primetime. We just got booted out because we're awful and All right. playing awful. Hold on, hold on. Before you make a segue, uh, I was debating some people. What game should did you think should have been flex? All right. The, Cin- the Cincy game. Cincy, right? Cincy, you guys. No, is it Cincy, you guys? Yeah, 100%, right? That should have been flex, but no, yeah. instead they did. It's Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, come on. That game. I know. I know. Cincy, like I need to see Cincy Patrick LA. Mahomes versus Teddy Bridgewater. Like I don't. The need Cincy to see LA that. game would have been so much. The the, the storyline would have been bigger. It would have been. It might have been like 120 points in that game. I I mean, do you think of Burrow versus Herbert, Keenan and Chase? Like it, you know, Higgins, like Williams, it, yeah, Nixon, Eckler, yeah, like. Shame on you, NFL. I You made the right decision flexing out the 49ers and the Seahawks. I'll give you that. But you yeah. made the wrong decision on the team that you're putting in there. Although I will say this. Division game is tough to, to move because it tends to be better football. And, dude, for years, for years, the most optimal primetime matchup was the 49ers versus Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but they're just not the same teams. So, I, again, I agree with the move. Uh, neither here nor there. Um, but as I was saying, your Chargers had the Steelers. My 49ers had the Jacksonville Jaguars, like we always do. Let's start with you and start with the that that Chargers-Steelers game. All right, so starting with the good, uh, as always, 
uh, a win is a win in the NFL. Uh, before uh, you know the season, if you told me that this is how the Chargers were going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would have been like, "Yeah, they're a better team. It should have gone down like this." But we've seen week in week out a week out that even the AFC is weird, man. They lo- the, the Bills losing to the Jaguars a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, the two losses of the Titans are to the Jets and the Texans. So yeah. like. A win's a win. Uh, so I don't care. I've always said it, you know, this week. I mean, this year, this has been my mantra. I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. And that is the first thing uh, to start off with a good when it comes to the L.A. Chargers uh, this past week. In addition, I want to give a real some quick some quick love to the no-name interior defensive lineman of the Chargers this past uh, this past weekend. Talk about Joe Gaziano, Braden Fayuku, uh, Fayoko. Uh, for Enforce Merrill, these guys held uh, Najee Harris in check. The over under for Harris was 80 and a half, I think, rushing yards. I thought that was a lock for him to go over. Apparently, you know, the Chargers have been one of the worst rushing, uh, you know, uh, defenses in the NFL, and they held him to 39 rushing yards at 3.3 yards per carry. That is huge, dude. They uh, held so- the entire team to 55 total rushing yards, and we talked about in our pick 'em section last week. We both picked the Steelers, and we both picked the Steelers because we thought they'd be able to run the ball at will, and they were not able to do that. No, yeah. And you got to understand, these guys are your fourth, fifth, and sixth-string interior defensive linemen. So for them to step up on a primetime game like that, you know, kudos to them. I know Pittsburgh was banged up. I get it. I've been reading reading and hearing nothing but that. But you still got to go out there and play. And you're a professional. You get paid to play. But the real story of this game was Justin Herbert. He totaled 472 uh, yards of offense and four total touchdowns. I'm not going to regurgitate any more stats and bore our listeners. Instead, I want to kind of go back into like do a quick film study. Uh, I thought he showed excellent movement in the pocket, and when everyone was covered, he finally displayed his speed and athleticism. This is where I thought uh, part of his game was lacking. There's numerous times throughout the season, uh, and especially RPOs, I found that he could have you know take uh, you know take the ball himself and you know run for the first down. But this is one of the first times he actually really added that element to his game. And let's not forget, I know Justin Herbert's big, but he's fast. Look what he did a couple of years back in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. He scored three rushing touchdowns against Wisconsin. So let's not forget that he's not just a statue back there. The kid can move, man. So uh, I thought he did a good job uh, you know, running the ball and a fantastic job being cautious when he was running the ball. And what I mean by that, is it's going to sound so rudimentary, but him sliding all the time. Yeah, don't take Not, the unnecessary hits. Yeah, the unnecessary hits to get injured or fumble the ball or anything like that. Really heads up plays, and it, it sounds so like, like I said, rudimentary. But the fact a lot a lot of quarterbacks don't do that. Extra Flacco, like years before when he, he he messed up with sliding, and pretty much what happened was he messed it up his knee when he was trying to slide and what have you. So it's not as easy as it sounds, to be honest with you. Uh, and I just want to go into the two best throws of the game uh, because I thought this is what really, uh, you know, Herbert carrying the team. Uh, these are the throws, and this these were game changers. First one was on third and 13. Seals ran a cover two-man scheme, and Herbert thread the needle between the cornerback and the safety who was bracketing Keenan Allen on the 30 yard, for a 30-yard gain. He hung in the pocket tough, threw the ball over the defensive lineman because the defensive lineman's hand was up, so he got it over that defensive lineman. And then he had it out. He then he put it above the outstretched arm of the cornerback as well, and got that ball to Keenan Allen in a hurry. You have to, if, you know, listeners, please go to Twitter, YouTube, you know, Google. 
that was an amazing throw because it wasn't a first down, second down. Or it was on third down, third and 13, third and long. And he threw for 30 yards. The, the, the throw was insane. Uh, and last but not least, let's talk about that game-winning touchdown to Mike Williams because everyone's like, oh, it's just a busted coverage. <clears throat> eh, not really. No. Uh, this is what really happened that in, the, in that uh, in that sequence. The Steelers blitz off the edge and was picked up by Eckler. But even when like your running back does pick up a blitzing uh, uh, defender, quarterbacks still can get frazzled with you know people all around their legs and stuff like that. So he hang it. He he hung in the pocket tough. He wasn't distracted. And then basically what the Steelers ran was a trap coverage on Keenan Allen, who was in the slot. What that basically means is the boundary cornerback peels off of Mike Williams who was his uh, wide receiver that he was defending, and then addresses Keenan Allen. So they're basically doubling Keenan. And what's going to happen is the the free safety is then going to cover Mike Williams. So what happened was Herbert made it look like he was going to go to Keenan in the slot for like a seven-yard gain. It was like third and five and what have you. So just to pick up the – just to pick up that uh, first down. But he looked – he looked – he looked at Keenan, looked off this, uh, looked off the the cornerback, and then he threw a bomb, and that's why what's his name was so uh, Mike Williams was so wide uh, open. Those are next level, uh, next level things and progressions from a quarterback in his second year, starting his second offense. You know, his first time in this offense. So for him to look off corners and safeties and what have you, uh, and deliver a strike for the game winning touchdown, where things were starting to unravel, I think shows a tremendous amount of progression for Justin Herbert. And good for him for putting this team on his back and carrying the carry them for the victory this year. I mean this week. Yeah. <clears throat> so you you and I text texted the following morning and you did have some concern. You had concern if this is like too much for a 23-year-old kid to, it's to true. carry. It is a valid concern. It it is a valid concern, but I'm not I'm not worried in any way, shape, or form. First and foremost, um, what I love most about Justin Herbert is he's an intelligent individual. So I feel like learning curves are drastically shortened. Good news is the offense has been pretty successful with a brand new head coach. So I don't think he'll be in year three of his professional career learning offense number three, right? So to me, the trajectory is, as we say in the sales world, up and to the right, right? Like it's going to continue going in that direction. You mentioned some big time throws. I I will I do not remember the down and distance situation. It was earlier in the game, but he made a throw to Keenan. And mind you, Keenan made a spectacular diving catch on this I know throw. You're like, talking about. It was a drag spe- route. Keenan was on the drag route and then he just it was put a little touch on it. Yeah, uh, but it yeah. was a spectacular catch. Like yeah. a spect a better catch than throw. But what I loved about it was the anticipatory nature of the throw right like this is what i talk about all the time with quarterbacks is and this is going to sound so cliche but throwing to windows putting the ball where only your receiver can get to it so if it's not completed it's not a turnover it's not a deflected pat right like it's just not any of those things and to you like you said he, he put in the right spot with the perfect touch and to me that that was again very minor in this the grand scheme of the this game but when i'm watching certain things i watch that and i say this guy just gets it like lou i'm telling you justin herbert just gets it and i think what you're going to see more of while he still has some youth about him is 
this game was light bulb. Oh, I can run down the field too. I can do those things. Dude, he put 90 yards up rushing. That's Lamar Jackson-esque. And what did I, when you asked me how I thought he played, I said, well, he took what the defense gave him. And you know what the defense gave him? The defense gave him lanes down the middle of the field um, and in between the numbers of 30 plus yards rushing, of rushes, right? Like it was just, I loved everything that I saw from Justin Herbert in this game. Now, Hog, real quick, real quick. Yeah. The reason why I asked you your thought process and how he how he uh, played this past weekend, because I was torn. I'm like, was he just incapable of making the reads, and that's why he decided just to run for it, or was he, or was he intelligent enough to be like, all right, they're not, it's not there. I got to run for it. So I watched this game twice, by the way. Uh, it's a primetime game. I always record when they were nationally uh, televised. I record and watch it twice. No, it wasn't that he was having trouble, you know, post snap reads uh, as he did with the uh, Ravens and also did with the, uh, you know, the the Patriots. This was more of like, okay, it's not there. I got to do this. So it, it was more quick thinking and quick reaction, improvising in a positive way. Because me, I'm a cynic as a fan. Of course, so I'm, th- of course. I'm thinking like, is this just him like trying to survive? Can't you know, unable to read the defense what the Steelers are you know are throwing at him. Or is this is this him like, oh, no, I know what's going on. So this is what I need to do. Yeah. To me, there was watching the game. um, There was no confusion on what the defense was bringing him. Right. It was. A good quarterback recognizing what was there for the taking evident by the. So let's subtract the 90 yards rushing. Right. Still through for 380. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you don't throw for 380 when you're confused on what the defense is, is, is doing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there was, to me, this was a maturation game for Justin Herbert against a good Pittsburgh, de- a good Pittsburgh team. Like, and yes, the injuries, the yada, yada, yada. But one thing Pittsburgh but their, always their team is, is complex. Yeah. They are always prepared to play football. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, Mike Tomlin led teams thrive on playing inexperienced quarterbacks um and and to me justin herbert while he's a year and a half into the league or a little bit plus a year and a half he's not an inexperienced quarterback um there's just so much to like about him have you have you uh because i have a couple points that i wanted to make outside of that have you good good. it's just it was justin herbert man i mean yeah it's 100 100 any other quarterback they lose this football game Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple things that I thought were a little bit concerning to me. Okay. Um, you and I have always talked about drops. You text me when Parham had that one drop early, right? It was either Parham <laughs> or Cook. I think it was Parham. And you're like, drop cook. one. It was, cook. it was Cook. And that was the only one I saw, right? So, like, that was good news. Uh, 12 there was, penalties. There was four uh, in total in the game. Yeah, I'll get okay. into that in my bad section. But go ahead. Oh, no, no. If you're, dude, keep going then. Go into your bad. Go into your okay. bad. Okay. So, uh, real quick. Uh, like you said, the penalties obviously was a concern. Uh, but also we were talking about the drops. Yeah, there was four drops, another four drops, another week we're talking about this. The Chargers lead the NFL in drops to 25 for the year. That's straight up ridiculous, especially with that amount of talent on that offense. How they how they have that many drops, I, I don't understand it. Uh, but other than that, you know, the Chargers played an amazing three quarters, fantastic three quarters. Yeah, they didn't play four quarters of football. And what I mean by that, this game was never close until the fourth quarter. Never close. I almost went to bed, uh, you know, going to say starting the fourth quarter. And they started charging. 
They allowed the Steelers to score 27 points in the fourth quarter, which is straight up ridiculous. The Steelers don't average 27 points a game, and they're scoring 27 points in the fourth quarter. And it was not only the, you know, them allowing up the points is pretty much how they were doing it too. A blocked punt, a tipped interception, like a fluky tipped interception, the failed fourth and short from within their own territory. The wheels were coming off real quick, and it was disheartening. But once again, like I said before, Justin Herbert is the sole reason why this team is where it is. He just puts them on his back, and he's unflappable. Yeah. Well, thankfully, they had the buffer that they had, right? Because that fourth quarter, the wheels did look like they were coming off a little bit. And this wasn't a a comeback in the the typical sense of like, hey, we're just going to sit in a shell defense and let the team score because we're up. Like you said, like – Block punt, fluky tipped interception, like those things change the complexion of games very, very, very quickly. Um, so those were some of my concerns. You mentioned penalties. I had penalties as a note here. Um, I had a, a lousy fourth quarter as a note. Like you said, giving up 27 points in the fourth quarter when you were going in leading literally 27 to 10. Um, like you typically with 15 minutes left to play. Um three possession game you're feeling really you don't normally have to throw game winning touchdowns to win the game you know i, thought I, mean? I was gonna see chase daniels yeah <laughs> yeah um, stood up you know probably with six minutes left in the game i was a little leery of that um one of the things that is starting to stand out to me and this is not a knock on the individual i'm kind of nitpicking here a little bit but like i do feel like asante samuel jr is coming back to reality of being oh, a, no, no, a no. rookie corner i do think but this is growing pains. And to me, this is really good for his career, right? Okay, like, so this what is, makes you, I have to ask you, what makes you say that? Because I just, I felt like, I feel like over the last two to three weeks, teams are picking on him. Like they're, okay. they're All going right. at him, right? Where I feel All like right. in the first five or six weeks of the season, based on how he started the season, they shied away from him. And they're seeing something, something on film that makes a, an offensive coordinator say, we got to target 26. I don't see the same thing, but I'm saying that it's becoming a consistent theme. So somebody sees something that we don't see in the game film. I love you, Wes, and I'm going to disagree. He, what I actually came from this matchup was Deontay Johnson's really good at football. Yeah, uh, yes, he, that's he, also he, very he, true. He, this is what the Steelers do, by the way. They they find wide receivers: Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, Plaxico Burris. Uh, you can go on and on and on with all the receivers that, that you know the Steelers. That's what they do. They find Juju Smith Schuster. You you Hines name Ward, it. Yeah, Hines. We can keep on going, man. Yep. Uh, and you know Randall L. But that's what they do. They find receivers. So Deontay Johnson. I didn't come away disheartened by uh, Ansonte Samuel's uh, play this past weekend because he was all over Deontay Johnson, but Deontay Johnson was just making these crazy catches. And just was Ben was putting him where exactly had to be. It's not like he was getting blown off. All right, he had that one bad play against Claypool, but then he had three plays against a much bigger wide receiver in Claypool, and he shut him down. Yep. Uh, so I'm gonna say it's rookie pains, but I, I think people are overblowing. I still think he's he's a straight up baller. I don't think he's. You know, I I just think uh, people over overstating the fact. In my in my opinion, he only had one bad play. Yeah, he left up a touchdown. 
But did you see that touchdown to Deontay Johnson? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even talking what, what about corner, what corner. What corner is going to not let that touchdown? Yeah, man? and I agree with you there. I think where I'm disagreeing with you is not the caliber of play coming from Asante right now. I'm just saying there's something that these coordinators are seeing. He's being targeted much more frequently than he was earlier in the season. I don't know what one, that means. One other thing, quick. Uh, I don't know the stats off my head, but I've read something going into the game. That Big Ben this whole year has targeted uh, rookie cornerbacks at an astounding high rate. Sure, so I don't care. I, I don't think he cares who it is. He's gonna he was gonna target them, and rightfully uh, so, right? I mean, like, listen, Big Ben's a Hall of Famer. He's been doing this a long time. Like, it's it's Asante's learning on the job, right? Like, he's getting mm-hmm. fed to the wolf starting week one out there, and he's playing good football. What I'm saying is like. I'm seeing that there is a maturation process yeah. uh, for this individual. And, and look, I make no bones about this. I wanted my team to draft him. I still wanted my team to draft him. I still regret that we haven't drafted <laughs> him. Like none of that has, has, has changed whatsoever. I'm just saying that what my eyes have told me over the last two to three weeks is offensive coordinators seem to be targeting number 26 at a higher rate than they were through the first Six weeks is yep. all I'm saying. Yep. Um, other things that I, I wanted to call out from this game is what have I been telling you this entire year that like this offense looks the best when the playmakers are involved. Uh, that's the most cliche thing you can ever say, right? Like all offenses look good when their playmakers are involved, but you got that this week, right? Like Williams and Allen both had good statistical receiving games. Eckler, four total touchdowns. The rushing game was there this week albeit in a much different fashion when your quarterback goes for three quarters of your entire rushing output, which is like, again, Lamar Jackson-esque, and it's not something I think the Chargers can rely on from a stability perspective. Like, this needs to be an outlier that Herbert rushes for 90, but if he's giving you 40 to 50 a game, that means he's putting pressure on the defense. Um, but I thought offensively for all four quarters, because it needed to be for all four quarters, um, they did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was just an entire team let down in the fourth quarter. But it goes back to how you started this. A win is a win is a win in a very slippery slope that is the AFC right I now. Guess so. Yeah. So, all right. You're good? I'm good. I'm all right. Great. So let- as you should be i'm feeling pretty good as well um so let's get into the the 49ers jaguars so a win is a win second win in a row but lou they did exactly what they were supposed to do you go in and you beat a bad football team and beat them convincingly and that's exactly what they did what was really telling to me is like obviously i'm an avid follower of a lot of 49er twitter accounts and fans etc and they're, you know, the 49ers do have a very impressive traveling squad that go to these. Uh, we have a a nationwide fan base. Travel let's say. well. Your yes. fan base we we well. travel very, very You're well. You're like one of the elite fan bases. You are like the Packers, Steelers, uh, Steelers. Yeah, Cowboys. Like Cowboys. Yeah. But these were dominant teams in a time. Like, I feel bad for Jacksonville, right? Like, they're still, like, in my eyes, like an expansion team, right? Like, they've had. 20 something years of a fan base. Right. And not all has been impressive, but they're showing 
pictures from these and it's like dude all you see is red in these stands like you see nothing else <laughs> like it's it it was it was pretty telling to say the least but in any case i'll start with the bad like i normally do and honestly there's not a when you beat a team 31 to 10 um and you're up 23 at halftime like you're nitpicking yeah i'm so nitpicking so i, I have here in my notes honestly nothing bad from this game they dominated the football game they did exactly what they're supposed to but if I was to nitpick, I'll start with the opening drive. 20 plays, 13 minutes and five seconds, which is the longest drive in the NFL since 1997. So you're going back 24 years to have a drive of this length. Now, this is what we did to the Rams the week previous with an opening drive that was 18 plays, almost 12 minutes, yada, yada, yada. But we only walked away with three points. So that's what I'll say is the negative of that, of that drive. Where I think a lot of fans are misled is it's really, really easy to sit there and say, you're on the two-yard line. You can still even get a first down without having to score a touchdown. Why do you not go for it on fourth down? And the 49ers did line up to go for it on fourth down. There was communication issues, and they called the timeout, and Kyle Shanahan thought better of it to kick a field goal. Lou, can I I'll say something? I don't mean to interrupt you, but not that, if you're going to say what I'm going to say, but yeah, you can. That play, I don't know what the play was, obviously, but looking at the, the alignment of the play, Kittle was uh, lined up as the fullback in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I thought it was ingenious. If I had a guess, and I think this would have worked, it would have been a play-action uh, boot to, uh, to Kittle. Uh, he would have ran out to the flat, looked like he was going to block. I think that th- that's automatic. That's a layup. That's a, that's, I don't know why they called the timeout there. That play would have worked, I thought, 100%. It was play clock, right, is why they called the timeout. And I think Kyle had kick the field goal. Go, go back to the same play. No, I, I – no. No, because you already put the you already put the formation in somebody's mind, and let's not forget that the defense gets paid to play too. These coaches get paid to coach. So here's where I disagree with 98% of the 49er fans: is it's really easy to sit there and say, "Why are you not going for that?" If you don't get it, you make a team have to drive 99 yards down the field. Here's why you take the points, right? Um, I would have been fine. I honestly would have been fine with if, like you said, based on that alignment, if that was their play and they didn't get it, I would have been fine. But after the timeout, I was like, no, they need to, before they even came back on the field, I was like, no, they have to kick the field goal here. You have to take the three points and you take the three points because you, you will demoralize a team. If you just ran 20 offensive plays ate up 13 minutes of clock and you get nothing from it and you put all of the momentum lb i don't care how early in the game it is to jacksonville saying look at this stop we just got on a young team with nothing to lose you take the points you can't run a 20 play drive you and i talk about all the time how these drives are impossible to put together and get nothing from it now, I know the argument. You just ran 20 plays. You just went all the way down the field. Trust your team. You can't get a yard. Blah, 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 blah. Opening drive of the game. Take the short thing. Kick the field goal. Three points. It still all worked out just fine. 
nothing to worry about. Now, if this game, if this drive was midway through the game, early in the third quarter, I have a totally different sentiment. Go for it, make them drive. But the first drive of the game, you're trying to set a tone, doing exactly what you did the week before. You have like I am in a hundred percent agreement that you kicked a field goal there. Hundred percent. Weston, I respectfully again disagree. I, it's uh, good, and let me tell you why. It's it's not for the fact that what you were saying before. I think the worst case scenario, if you don't get it, you're still going to have great field position when the Jaguars go three and out, or if you, the, the Jaguars are not marching 99 yards on the field. They'll be lucky to get to their own we 25 said, to 35. We, we said the Jacksonville Jaguars wouldn't beat the Buffalo Bills. Did they beat the Buffalo Bills? Not by this offense. No, but what I'm saying their, is – Their offense has shown no – their defense has been like – their offense has shown no life, no, no sense of life this whole season. I think – I don't know, man. I feel like – I felt like that was I, – I disagree. I just I just disagree. I just feel like the worst-case scenario, if you don't get it, you'll probably get the ball back in a punt probably around like your 30 or 40-yard line. What would happen if you kick that field goal and jack the Jaguars and march down the field and, and get a touchdown? Now you're down nope. 7-3. You want to talk about momentum? I think that was a, a more likely thing to happen. The way your defense has been playing lately and the, how inept the jag, Jaguars' offense have been this the last like six weeks – I would rather I would rather go for it and then put your defense out there. You get a safety. You, you get the ball back. You know, midfield. I I I would have gone for it. Look, I respect it, and there's a lot of people that would agree with you. I'm just saying that I'm not one of those people that agree with you okay. on this, and I I would not have been upset even a little bit if they went for it on fourth down. But when I take a step back and I think about it objectively. And you know I've been a huge critic of Kyle throughout the year and not agreeing with a lot of things that he do, did. And you might view that as timid ball, but that was the right call. Kick the yeah. field goal. That was the right call. Yeah. All right. So that was me nitpicking, but I needed to get that out. Let's talk about the good. Con second consecutive win. You know, we dominated time of possession by over 17 minutes. Again, these are all things that are supposed to happen. We ran 66 uh, plays to their 44 total plays outgained them by 130 plus yards. We committed one penalty the entire game, no turnovers. You know, I talk about week to week. That's a winning formula. Um, we ran the ball again, 42 times for 171 yards. I'll talk about some players here for a second. Uh, Debo just continues to prove like, how different and dynamic he is. I mean, dude, he had eight carries for 79 yards in the TD and I'm talking about a wide receiver and I'm giving you running back statistics. And again, these are not happening on jet sweeps. These are happening out of the backfield. I formation lined up next to the quarterback. Um, his year just has been a lot of fun to watch because it, it's just taken place so many different ways. It was you? Funny, real, real quick, we, we, we were, we were uh, chatting during the game, and I think you, uh, you, myself, and Jason were talking about, you know, Debo needs to be talked, you know, more in higher regards, especially, you know, MVP race. And then the Jonathan Taylor game happened. Like, yeah, oh, I know, okay. I know. Yeah, never, never yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Because I was like, yo, is Debo the best running, running back, back in the NFL? And then Jonathan I think that Taylor got to Jonathan goes, Taylor. He's like, yo, yeah. hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Like, and I'll talk about that in a little while, as I'm sure you will too. Um, but Ayuk balled 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. seven for 85 and a touchdown. What was cool about Brandon's game was a um, couple nice catches, like just good hands, good, you know, I like hand strength, um, contested catches, ran good routes, um, as all 49er weapons do. They're just special after the catch in terms of yak. Um, he had a really good game. Uh, one thing that popped out to me is Jimmy played well again. Another game where he wasn't asked to do a ton, but what he was asked to do, he did really, really well. Um, did you know, Lou, that Jimmy actually holds the longest current NFL streak for games above 100 from a QB rating standpoint? I With four. Know. Wow. Did not know longest, that. longest streak in the NFL in 2021. So you want? So you're thinking that the, maybe they – Resign Jimmy and Trey yeah, Lance, no. right? Yeah, no? exactly. Yeah, exactly. No. Um, over the last four weeks, he's actually been the most consistent and effective quarterback in the entire NFL, uh, which is wild. But I will say this to counter-argue your point, and I know you are being sarcastic, but do not read much into this because the league does have its ups and downs. And even for these last four weeks when he's been good – uh, there's been weeks previous to this where he's been not good. He still uh, misses a boatload of throws, man. Yeah, he he does. He, and he and does. when he when he misses, it's, it's not only when he misses, he misses bad. And it's the frequency I feel like when he, he yeah. misses. And I'm and I think to myself, I'm like, and I I'm not trying to throw shade or anything like that. I'm like, that's a reason why they're not going to get as far as they could. Yep. Because it went, when the pressure's on against better teams, uh, I don't think he'll rise to the occasion. And this is not me throwing shade. Uh, I'm not trying to be a hater or, or what have you. I'm just I'm just being a totally subjective uh, NFL fan. No, and, and Lou, if this team is going to make a playoff push, they have to run the ball 35-plus times a game. Mm-hmm. You don't do that when you have a quarterback that you're supremely confident in. And that's just the facts. Just the facts. The last game that I would say that I saw Jimmy air that hoe out and just do it effectively and make very convincing throws was against the New Orleans Saints in 2019. That game mm-hmm. that, that just went a- back and forth. Like, you can't watch that tape and tell me he just didn't make throws and make big-time plays, and that game was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but he hasn't done that since. Um, even in the Rams game. It's not, it's not so much the missed throws, it's the missed opportunities that he doesn't take to me that are more okay. concerning, right? Like now when you add both of those together, then well, no, because he still might complete a pass that's like a six-yard check down. But then you go back and watch the film and you're like, what was wrong with that wide receiver that was running down the middle of the field that you were staring at? That all you had to do was put over a linebacker's head, which an NFL quarterback should be able to do. That's the concern, right? Like, mm-hmm. is like to the novice fan who's just watching the NFL game camera going, you're like, oh, he completed the pass, right? Five, six yards. All right, you move the chains. But you're like, but you just literally missed the touchdown. And this is why it's such a problem is because OCs like Shanahan, McVay, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, even though they're all head coaches, to me, they're all OCs. They every play they draw up, dude, is designed to score a touchdown. They don't up, draw up yeah. plays for four yards or five yards. They they draw up plays to score touchdowns. Their thought process, uh, touchdown to check down. That, exactly. that is that, that is their thought process, correct? And Jimmy makes the check down look real sexy, right? Like that's he does the check down real well. Um, but that's it, right? Like I I do think the way that he's playing right now, he's making it harder 
to for Kyle to say, like, I'm going to move to Lance, right? Because you're winning football games. You're actually still in the playoff hunt. So it's hard to get away from that. But other than that, I, there's not a lot to talk about this game. They did exactly what they were supposed to. They beat a bad football team. Um, if this game was close, we'd be having an entirely different conversation. Um, but it wasn't. And it was out of hand early. Uh, and it is what it is. And this week we're on to a really, really, really big game against the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Who has who has been balling the last two weeks? They beat the Chargers two weeks ago, and you know the Packers and Aaron Rodgers led Packers team. While Aaron Rodgers actually balled out, but so did Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins getting slept on, dude. He's been having a phenomenal year this year, actually. He he had he has been. It's yep. just and Justin Jefferson is so good. Yeah, it's just Kirk Cousins when Kirk Cousins is bad. It's bad. It's like, Jimmy G syndrome. I'm talking about like 88 yards total passing. Ba- like it is like I know. But uh, yeah, and that's what people. That's that and his primetime uh, performances. Is that what people? Uh, that's how they see uh, Kirk Cousins in that light. I think this game should have been flexed to Sunday Night Football, but it is what it is. Um, all right, so we we scrapped a segment. I mentioned in our intro, Lou, that. It's Thanksgiving week. And what would Thanksgiving week be without us expressing what we are thankful for? So kudos to you, but I'm going to go ahead and title this our Thanksgiving special. I'll let you lead in. Lou, on this Thanksgiving Eve in 2021, when the world has been so crazy, what are you thankful for? I'm going to be a little homer right now, but I am extremely thankful and grateful for this new look and young Chargers team, uh, Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa, are the only one, only leftovers left from the San Diego Chargers. Everyone else is an authentic Los Angeles Charger that's on that team. Just like many people in Los Angeles, the Chargers have gone through a massive facelift in this, in this, with this franchise. And with plastic surgery, it turns either really good or really bad. And I'm just happy to see that it looks like this Chargers team is turning out really good. Uh, they're young, they're exciting, they're aggressive, and they're finding ways to win games as opposed to lose games. So I'm extremely happy to have and thankful for this Chargers, this young Chargers team. I know it's a homer pick. I seldom do it other than the hometown, hometown takes. I seldom talk about the Chargers in that regard, but I have to, have to stick true to myself. All right. So, Lou, I'm going to make you feel like a piece of shit here and make you look bad <laughs> and make and make myself look supreme. But I'll give you the chance to rebuttal because I know when we set this segment up, we said, like, what are we thankful about from a football perspective? But I'm going to be super corny and I'm going to take this to another level and I'm going to rein it back in for football. But like I said, I'll give you a chance to refute yourself here um, in case Christina wants to listen to this. But this year, um, especially at this time, I am super thankful for my wife supporting me and in this podcast. She allows me to take the time to work on our content, to edit our videos. And most importantly, Lou, she actually critiques the shit out of me. Um, I make her listen to this all the time, whether it's just an intro, whether it's just to make sure the mic's right, whether it's to make sure that I'm not saying too many ums or repetitive words, but she does and she listens and she a lot of things that I have put into play from our conversation perspective and the way that I verbalize things is directly from her feedback. So I am super thankful and super grateful for that. She literally helps me get better every single week, every single episode. 
But I'm also thankful, Lou, for you. I'm thankful for this podcast. Um, it's been an, a fantastic outlet. It's been super enjoyable. Um, outside of my my wife and, and and kid time, I look forward to our time every week, man. And I and I need you to know that I'm so glad and so grateful that you said yes when I approached you with this opportunity to go on the air and have three people listen to us <laughs> week <laughs> after week. Um, but I can't thank you uh, enough for for just taking a chance on me, taking a chance on we're talking football. Um, I hope I hope you've had as much fun as I've had. And I'll leave you with this. I am always thankful for my 49ers. They give me extreme pleasure and extreme pain every single week. My life would not be the same without them. It is literally my passion, the NFL and specifically my my San Francisco 49ers. This particular season, I'm actually only grateful for Debo Samuel. He's been a lot of fun to watch. I've enjoyed him mature as a, as a football player. I never imagined when we used a second-round pick on him three years ago based on who was still on that board that he would amount to what we're seeing right now. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and the way this season's gone, I'm just grateful to be 500 heading into Thanksgiving week. So that's, that is what I am thankful for. Uh, I will give it back to you to give, to give you an opportunity to see if you want to elaborate anymore because I threw a curveball. You had no expectation I was going to say any of those things. Uh, but I do think as much as we have fun here every once in a while, you and I both know we can't do any of this without the support of our wives and our family. Weston, you son of a bitch. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Christina, wanna... I did it all for you. <laughs> First of all, no, you didn't because you did it for yourself to make yourself look great. <laughs> and bravo Fact. to you. And once again, this is what I get for slow playing my hand because my notes next says, thank the listeners and the wife. I was doing football first. <laughs> so <laughs> I was following our conversation, but you had to pull a fast one on me. All kidding aside, bro. Uh, I am extremely grateful for the listeners we have. Uh, first and foremost, you know, we don't have a lot of listeners, but we got a bunch of loyal listeners. So shout out to the regulars like Rich White, Rob White, Frank Bergeretta. Go ahead, shout out some of your crew that you know listens to it frequently. Boho, we love you, Andrew Curtis. You the man, AC. You know Ryan Dragity. All all you guys, we we sincerely appreciate you taking the time. Whether it's five minutes, whether it's an hour and thirty five minutes, uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. So all yeah, so uh, love love the listeners. Uh, the love the the support that we've been getting from them. And you're right. If it wasn't for my wife, you know, being so enthusiastic and so supportive during this time, we wouldn't be able to do as much as we have and put as much time and effort we have while watching games, uh, watch games multiple times, uh, you know, a week and what, and what have you. And, uh, you know, do a bunch of research too. So thank, I'm so thankful for my wife, Christina, for basically giving me this opportunity and allowing me to just to, throw myself into this hobby uh to be honest with you yep. so i'm thankful for that and for you too man listen you had a bunch of people you could have asked to do the show with uh and i'm i, I was i remember the day i was ridiculously shocked when you asked me i was like yeah but here i am i i, I was a right you know i wrote for a couple of websites and what have you but uh i never thought about doing a podcast so i'm like yeah you know this would be right in my alley why not let's give it a whirl so I'm thankful for you also to asking me uh, to be a part of this as well, man. Yep. And I'm glad you said yes, man. You were you were top of mind. I know you said I had other people 
um, I could have reached out to. You're not necessarily incorrect about that, but uh, you were top of mind. Most important to me is somebody who's willing and able. Uh, you are both those things. And I'll give a shout out to Christina. Thankful for her as well, because we got this started um, in a studio. So shout out to Ming at a shared universe podcast studio who we would have never have known if it wasn't for Christina and the work that she's done um, with them as well. So yeah, Lou, when all said and done, you and I are, are pretty lucky individuals outside of what we do here, you know, for an hour or two a week. Um, we, we have a lot to, to, to be thankful for and grateful for. Um, but I, again, I, I know I threw you for a loop and I'm sure you had some of that stuff there. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Cause I told my wife, I was like, Jenny, I'm going to talk about you on this podcast. And she's like, well, you better bring the tissues. And if you don't cry, I'll kill you. So I'm not crying. I just got something in both yeah, my eyes. It's just I'm in a basement. It's dingy and dusty down here. I'm just cutting up onions for Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. <laughs> With my oven. That doesn't work. <laughs> awesome, man. No, I appreciate you entertaining me there for a little bit. Yeah. So let's get back to some of the norm here in our typical routine. Yeah, let's, let's, let's bro out. You know, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. all right. All right, all right. Who was your offensive player of the week, Weston? There we go. Feel all right, I'll, you're gonna let me start. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I mean, yes. I got a couple. There was a couple of good performances there this was, week, but I'm, really I'm was. gonna go ahead and take the low hanging fruit and the most obvious. That's fine. JT Jonathan Taylor, 32, 32 carries for 185 yards, four touchdowns, and he added a receiving touchdown. I carry this man in two fantasy football leagues, and you're talking about 60 plus points this week. JT, you are the man, sir, and you had a monster. Lou, do the math. 32 for 185. That's a lot of touches, 32 touches. Mm -hmm. It's different if you see, like, 32 for, like, 120, but you see 32 for 185. That's still almost six yards of carry. That's pretty Yeah, you impressive. know what that's like? That's like 1997-type football right there. Sure like, is. You're Eddie George-type football, dude. Clinton Portis-type yep. football. Come on, you just keep on Frank Gore-type You know, just straight that's up. That's how like, long Gore's been in the league, bro. <laughs> Yeah, for real. <laughs> hey, shout out to Frank Gore, who is fighting a boxing match against Deron Williams in December. I will be purchasing that fight. All right. Well, I will not be. Uh, <laughs> you can come so, over for it. <laughs> for Offensive Player of the Week, uh, th like you said, there's a lot. Uh, I'm going to give a little love to a player that I was not high on coming into this year, uh, Joe Mixon. Yeah. I was befuddled why everyone was on the Mixon train. I even think I said something. Uh, when we were doing our off-season recaps of, of the Bengals, why does everyone love this guy Mixon? It's always talk about his ability, but he's never on the field, and seldom does he ever do anything. Uh, so, but he, he this year he's been pretty consistent. And this past week, he had uh, 30 carries for 123 yards and two touchdowns. So, shout out to Joe Mixon for you know really you know proving me wrong and showing that I know absolutely nothing about uh, Bengals football. I uh, just wasn't high on him, uh, the offensive line, his, his ability to stay on the field and fight off injuries, but he's been really good this year. All right. I'm surprised you didn't take the other low-hanging fruit. Um, maybe you felt like you were giving your team a little too yeah. much love this week. See, I, I feel like I'm fair, bro. I feel like I'm fair when it comes to the uh, – You are fair. Team. You are firm but very fair yeah. um, with your team. It's so funny because I'm looking at my notes and I must have been typing fast and I have it as Justin – Ian's goalie, <laughs> the way that I haven't spelled out. I don't have it, Herbert. Um, but Herbert balled, bro. 30 for 41, 382, three TDs, nine carries for 90 yards. I mean, he did he almost, literally. He, he almost had 500 yards of offense. And 472 yards of offense. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, 
um, that's a game and a half, right? Of uh, statistically speaking, that is literally a game and a half. Um, he did he single-handedly carried this team to victory in a game that they should have easily won, but became increasingly difficult and still found a way to win. So also, my, by the way, I tip my hat to Mr. Air Bay. He he won he won uh the FedEx uh, air uh Air, air player of the week this week uh and just to throw insult to uh, injury i'm actually gonna give a, some love to justin jefferson the guy who finished second in offensive rookie of the year last year georgia fans and viking fans have a little uh budding rivalry here because they're firm believers that he should have been the offensive rookie of the year where i think they're 100 percent ridiculous out there in the, the midwest but uh, justin jefferson the last couple of weeks he's been phenomenal he, uh this week this past week he had eight receptions for 169 yards and two touchdowns uh, yeah. so kudos to, uh, so kudos to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. He balled. He, he definitely balled. His quarterback is balling. I felt like he played equally as good as Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal game. Yeah. Um, that game was crazy, right? Like when a rod goes for three eighty five and four, t- four touchdowns and you lose the game, uh, you don't expect that. Yeah. To, to I re- uh, that bomb, uh, when the Rodgers did that bomb, uh, I think that was a 75 yard bomb for a touchdown. And they were like, everyone was joking. Oh, did you give Kirk Cousins too much time on the clock? And guess what? They did. That's how bro, much the, he gets slept on. I, bro, th- there is a reason Kyle Shanahan wanted this man, right? Like, yeah. Kirk Cousins can play football. The issue is, is like you said, the bad is seemingly real bad. Right, but you can't like, bounce back from it. Like, yeah, it's like it. It just—it's the optics of it. The bad is just real bad. He just can't fight through a game. Like, if he starts off slow and bad, that's it. I think it gets in his head. Yeah, um, I mean, he's like, listen, he's a heady guy, right? Like, he's a very passionate guy out there, and I think that's probably to his detriment at times that he's just like, it's the raw emotion, right? So he's probably his biggest fan when he's balling, and he's probably his harshest critic when he is not um he's not that even keel Mm -hmm. ice in the veins like type guy where you don't see the expression change like when he is having a bad game it is visibly obvious to every single person watching the game with the pointing the finger Mm -hmm. grabbing his head like oh my god how did you not catch that ball like he's not yeah He's not the guy who's like, all right, just get back in the huddle, clap it up, and go right back to that guy, right? He, like, he, yo, he is like the John Starks of the NFL. It's true. And, and it's for for your young people out there, which we probably don't who have no idea there, who John Starks is. John Starks was a New York Knicks shooting guard that uh, would either put up fifty points in a game, just you know, just launching threes all over the place, single handedly carrying the Knicks you know, to a win, or he would shoot 50 times and score four points in a game. It's he's going to win it or lose it for you. Yep. <laughs> so there's no, no ifs and or buts with that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with my, with my uh, description there, Weston. You are extremely accurate. And now we are no longer the we're talking football podcast. We are, we also Branch, talk basketball branching out, podcast. Branching out, bro. I can't even watch the NBA anymore, dude. That's a whole nother side. All right, piece. come on, Boomer. Let's go to defensive player of the week. All right, I, you, you I go first. Start the, yeah, so um, here's a player that I always loved and uh, when I covered him for the draft process. I wanted the Chargers to draft him. Uh, I thought he was extremely versatile. Uh, people weren't as high as him, weren't as high as him as I was coming out in the draft. He's from BYU. Uh, the Rams selected him and pretty much 
not Rams, excuse me, the Lions selected him, and he wasted his talent with the Detroit Lions, but then found a home in New England. Kyle Van Noy. Yes, sir. He had eight tackles, two sacks, an interception, and a touchdown. Uh, this guy's a Swiss Army a Swiss Army knife. He's not a tweener. Uh, he had a big game, uh, you know, for the uh, New England Patriots. So shout out to Kyle Van Noy for having a fantastic game this past week. He's all over now, the field. Yeah, Kyle was my number one too. Um, ah, so I thought you were going for one of those sack guys. I, so I am going one of those sack guys since you stole uh, Van Noy from me, who was a sack guy, right? Like, I mean, he had two sacks this week. It's an mm-hmm. impressive week. Um, but I'm the individual I'm going to talk about is somebody that I touted very highly when we were doing our top 10 pass yes. rushers of the year. And I thought this man had a unique skill set, can line up all up, up and down the defensive line, but per, did a lot of his damage from the defensive tackle spot. So Chris, Chris Jones from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, he was Five tackles, three and a half sacks, a pass defense, had a fumble recovery and three QB hits. Um, Can I say Ed, one more thing? Yeah. All while going up against Zach Martin. Yeah. Now, no he slouch. Always, he wasn't always best guard in the league. Uh, he wasn't always lined up on Zach Martin. But he Quentin Nelson beat. is the best guard in the league. Just side record. No, he's not there yet, my friend. Yes, he is. He was All there right. the, the minute he stepped on the football field, bro. He's respect your elder. Respect your elders. All can <laughs> Chris Jones, he he beat Zach Martin for a sack. Uh, he just was he just was all over. He was phenomenal. I'll let you talk, but he was phenomenal against the Cowboys this past week. Nothing else to say other than where's this game been all year? Because this is what this man is capable well, of. Well, they find, you know? two two things. They finally moved uh, him inside as opposed to him aligning as a defensive end, and I think they're going to more man coverage uh, as opposed to zone uh, to help, like kind of like. Uh, mitigate some of uh, miscommunication uh, errors by Dirty Dan Sorensen and what have you. So I think they're going to change their scheme a little bit, too. If you notice, the last couple of weeks, they've been a little more stingier on that defensive side yep. of the ball. So, All right, who's your number two? Uh, I guess Robert Quinn. You know, okay. he had five tackles and three and a half sacks, uh, uh, you know, against the Baltimore Ravens. I know it was against a backup quarterback. And what have you, but still, when you get when you get to that three number of sacks, you gotta be recognized. Uh, two people can you know fall into two. Once you start getting that three, you're in the upper, starting to get into the upper echelon for a game. So three and a half sacks, Robert Quinn. Yeah, I had Bobby on my list too. I thought he played a, a good football game, and I don't care backup quarterback, third string quarterback, freshman quarterback. Like you said, when you get to three sacks in a game, you're doing something right. Because yeah. uh, once you get past two, offensive line coaches and offensive coordinators should be accounting for you. So to let you get another one and a half uh, means you're doing something right. Uh, my my last that I had on this list was actually Desmond King. Um, eight tackles, two passes defensed, and two picks. Um, impressive, you know. Um, I think when you think about pass rushers, you get to two two plus sacks in a game. You know, defensive backs, multiple pick games are always noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to him, big game. That's a that's a big eight tackles and two picks from a, a defensive back. That that's a big game, especially when he's on a a team that's uh they won two games for the year. Yeah. You know, it's easy just to go out there and just you know just go through the motions and what have you. But he re- he really uh you know for him to find himself and pick himself up during a game like that, good for him, man. Yeah, agreed. All right, so let's move out of our players of the week. 
Uh, this is the segment, that, Lou, that I've actually been looking most forward to um, this entire week, putting our content together, because uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things to come. The first and the first thing to mention is that it's Thanksgiving week, so instead of one Thursday night game, you have an all day Thursday of festivities. So you have three awful, games to look. awful games. I know. So, but there's still three football games, right? So. Uh, something to look forward to when you're sitting with family or people that you don't know all that well, whatever the case might be. Maybe you have a distraction. Um, I just I just saw I saw something funny. I thought it was a funny joke that uh, the Lions Bears game got flexed out to the Big Ten Network. So uh, <laughs> so uh, they will not be playing tomorrow on national TV. <laughs> Breaking news that Jared Goff is expected to start, um, this is which. I okay. think is sure. Okay, fine. Which is, yeah, like I th- still think that's a detriment to the team at this point. All right. So, what are you watching this week? I'm going to be the first to admit that I have five games on my list that all are right. intriguing to me. And I'm going to say something about all five. I don't care. So, oh, you got you to make it quick, man. My quiche is going to be quick. I, like, yeah. my quiche is downstairs. I don't want it to burn. I got I got like seven minutes left, so uh, I'm gonna start off. By the way, not with a game. Let's go with a matchup: Jonathan Taylor versus the Tampa Bay rush defense. Tampa Bay has the best rush defense in the league. They allow 784 rushing yards this season, which is the fewest in the NFL. They rank second in the NFL by allowing 3.8 yards per carry. This is that old adage: "What is it? The uh, unstoppable force versus the immovable object." Who's gonna, especially if Vita Vey comes back because he missed last week? Who's, what gives? who's gonna? Who's yep. gonna? Yeah, what's gonna give? Who's gonna bend? Uh, so I'm. I that is. I'm getting my popcorn ready for that matchup because that is gonna be a hell of a matchup. So, so that was my number one game. Um, I just me, think, me is more of the matchup as opposed to the game. But go ahead. Agreed, but I think it's the overall game too, right? Like the AFC landscape is consistently shifting, and. You know, Tennessee has a really tough matchup this weekend as well. Indy has a good opportunity here to make some noise in that AFC South and playoff contentions and things of that nature. And they're coming off a really impressive win against what we've all thought is a team that would dominate in the AFC. Lou, it wasn't until a few weeks ago where you were like, they're AFC champs, right? Like based on the way that they're playing against the Buffalo Bills. Um, so they, they've had two impressive week, you know, um, weeks in a row. What can they do with it? Right. Um, and what now you're looking at playing some of the cream of the crop, you're defending Super Bowl champions in Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this game will tell you everything you need to know about the Indianapolis Colts. I agree. Are they ready for prime time football? I think they are. I think they are up for the task. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get into our pickums. But okay. that was game number one on my list. Okay. Um, game number two, Tennessee Titans versus the New England Patriots. These are two of the top teams in the AFC right now. Um, and you mentioned it before, right? Like when I look at Tennessee, I look at a lot of impressive wins and I look at a few unimpressive losses that I just can't wrap my head around between the Jets and the Texans. Um, and New England's they're playing well, dude. Like they are arguably 
pisses me off. <laughs> Outs- yeah, it's so bad. Um, outside of their rec- I know. Outside of this, is how I feel about Tom Brady. Um, outside of their record, they're arguably the best team in the AFC right now. In terms of how they're playing, how they're executing, they're winning convincingly. They're not just winning these close games. Can I say something? You literally said that I think the week before about the Titans. So hopefully you're I, uh, you're on the Jakes. Bet- yeah, hopefully you're yeah you're you're the Maloik there. Yeah, I am the I am I am literally the Maloik, and we'll talk <laughs> about that when we get into pickums. But to me, this is a big time football game, right? For both teams. Now, good news for both of them is it's a non divisional game, right? Like or so. Not a ton of impact there, uh, but a matchup that you could be seeing in the short term in a divisional playoff round or in a wild card playoff round. Um, so I don't think this is the last time these two teams meet, and I'm interested to see this. See, it doesn't do it for me for the mere fact that I Derek Henry is not suiting up. You know, that would have got my gears going, uh, as Peter Griffin would but, say. But they've uh, smacked around the Rams without. Derrick Henry, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's different, man. The Rams are soft. Well, I'm gonna talk about that in a minute as well. Um, but here it's so funny because I was talking to somebody about throughout the week about Jonathan Taylor and about how you know he leads the league in rushing yards, but Derrick Henry still leads the league in carries and hasn't played in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And up until JT's performance this week still led the league in rushing yards. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know this because we both lost him in fantasy football and how much that has like literally just changed the complexion of our teams. Um, But crazy. But I do think. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, happy to make you feel miserable. That's what I'm thankful for. The, the opportunity <laughs> to make you feel miserable. You're doing uh, a great job this episode. Just to co- <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Misery loves company. Though. What else do you want me to tell you? But um, but I think if Tennessee wants to be taken serious, they, they need to prove that they can still win football. Hey, you said they have a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. If you have a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, you should be a playoff-ready team. No? I mean, they're eight. Well, they eight and two, bro. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you make, they uh, they had a they had a bad week. Uh, yeah, but everybody's chalking this up. Like, where are they supposed to go without Derrick Henry? And I mean, what's New England six well, and four? How many games did Henry you know miss already? And they still won those games. So that's what I'm saying. Like that, that you're literally making my point for me is that they can no, still no find no no. I'm, try, I'm trying to defend my my having uh, Tannehill as a top ten quarterback in the league. I'm not trying to make your point. No, well, <laughs> well, you made my point. So. <laughs> Making me look like a genius. All right, what else you got? Uh, I'm going to think – I'm not going to uh, – once again, I'm not going to take the easy way out. I'm not going to say the Rams versus Green Bay. I'm not doing that because I know I'll you're going to say Don't that. worry. Yep. I'm going to think outside the box here. The Houston, Texas versus New York Jets. Wait a minute. Hear me out, all right? This is a how do, huge – How do I stop recording on this? No, 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 no. This is a huge game to determine who's going to have a top, te- a top three pick next year. Which is which is a huge ramification because there are three to five really good players uh, coming out in the draft next year. Uh, we won't get into that right now, but uh, you want to secure one of those earlier picks. This this will be a meaningless win for either team. You the Jets might want it more because Salah has been getting a little more heat. Uh, you want to see what you have in Zach Wilson and what have you, but it's a meaningless game, and you got to start hoping to. You know, move up close to the top of that draft. I think it benefits the Jets more than 
it does the Texans to lose the yes. football game because there is not a, in my opinion, a top five worthy quarterback in this draft. Correct. And the Houston Texans need a quarterback because Deshaun Watson is not going to be the quarterback of the Houston Texans next year. But we have all off season to talk about that. So let's not get into that. I know. (laughs) Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this. He was asking me how about like how much time we put into prep. And I was like, actually the season's pretty easy, right? Because we have a we have a format. Um, and it's just like new content week to week, but the format's similar. I was like, the off season is the struggle where you yeah. got to put in oh, time and hours and all that research. Um, and that's just like making my point, right? Like how excited I am to talk about like, where, where's Deshaun Watson going to play football next year? Please let's not start this right now. I know. I know. All right. So lo- and you're going to start talking about Tua and then <laughs> all right, let's just go to your next game. You already know how I feel about that person. I know. Um, And don't let one game fool you because it was against the New York Jets. That being said, so I'll take some low-hanging fruit. Actually, I'll avoid the low-hanging fruit. I'm interested in this Pitt versus Cincinnati game. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved – you know me. I am the biggest sucker for divisional games. I think they make for the best football. Teams that play each other twice a year, consistently, year over year. Um, Pitt, obviously – Played your Chargers well. Um, they've been winning some football games. No, they didn't. They they, they get they, they play one quarter. <laughs> they play one quarter well. What was that final score? That's what all I'm saying, right? Like sometimes it only needs to be one quarter. Um, and that being said, Pittsburgh was still winning games coming into this game. Cincinnati, you know, was the darling of the 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 town early and often in this season hit a little dip, maybe trying to find their stride right now. I just think it's a, I just think it's going to be a competitive football game like divisional games always are. You got anything else or you're just going to let me rattle through? Go ahead. I got nothing right. else. I, I told right. you I got my quiche in the oven, bro. All right. Well, I'll move quick. Okay. So I do have the Rams and the Packers just because records, right? Top Two of the top teams in the NFC. Uh, what I really want to see is you mentioned this before that the Rams are soft and they're coming off consecutive embarrassing losses on national television and going into their bye week. I do believe that the football team will be motivated, but I don't know what that motivation amounts to. And you have Green Bay coming off a very tough divisional loss uh, to a, a good Minnesota Viking team. So I'm just interested to see interested to see how these two teams play out because when all is said and done, these are two of the playoff teams Regardless, like Green Bay is going to win the North. There's no question about that. Um, the Rams are still in contention uh, for the West. And if the Cardinals don't Cardinal, you know, in the second half of, of this NFL season, which I don't believe they will. Um, but I do think, you know, the Rams are going to have a home playoff game in the. Well, no, can they? No, they can't. They will have. Uh, a playoff game like they're going to be in the playoffs the rams are going to be in the playoffs unless they just like completely shit the bed and i don't see a sean mcveigh team doing that Um, but i want to see what they're made of because this is playoff caliber competition and what are they going to look like the knock on stafford is he don't he'll get you to the playoffs but he don't win the playoff game right this is a playoff game he doesn't win against winning teams exactly so we'll see what what that looks like my final 
final one, and this is the homer pick and why I saved it for last, but I am super excited to watch this Vikings versus 49ers matchup. Mm-hmm. This game has got playoff implications written all over it. Two teams that feel like they're finding themselves and their identity and are certainly over the last two weeks at the very least playing better than what their record says they are. But the winner of this team can draw, uh, excuse me, the winner of this game can draw a straight line to the playoffs. They literally control their destiny from here on out. Yeah. For me, just this is going to, basically declare who is the real contender and who's the pretender. It's going to be a catastrophic loss for either because, I mean, you still can sneak into the playoffs because there's seven teams, but this is going to – both tough teams and neither teams you want to play because you, you, you got to throw out their record and they're going to play you tough regardless. I want to see who's for real. And we'll talk about that. A good segue, by the way, seeing who's for real because we're going to do our our pickums now. Let's go. It is pick'em time. As I always do, I will recap the previous week. Disclaimer. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Disclaimer. We didn't start doing this until week seven, right? Like, was week seven or week six Something our like first that. week? Week yeah. six, I think, was our first week. I don't know why we didn't do this from the jump. But here we are, nonetheless, after week 11. Lou, last week you were seven and eight. I'll take it. I thought it was worse. I was eight and seven. Oh, so you picked I up a grab- game. I picked up a game for you. What pisses me off is I went back and listened through these. And here's what's funny. You originally picked the Washington football team and changed your mind. I did. And went back to the Panthers. That was literally the difference. That game. Um, I literally, for whatever reason, was like, the Cleveland Browns will win this game. I promise you they're going to win this game. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the Detroit Lions anyway. And it's like, what idiot does that like you said they're gonna win the game pick them to win the game so i had a chance to pick up two on you and and didn't uh, but i did pick up a game on you so for the season you are 50 34 and one i am 45 39 and one okay so i'm gonna make my life easier instead of having to go back and do this like and listen for 20 minutes as we go through the pickums i've already decided that i'm gonna write down who each of us picks so that I could just look at the goddamn score afterwards. This, this guy is not too. only the talent. He's not only the voice <laughs> of we're talking football. He's also the producer, the intern. I mean, this guy, what can he do? Bro, I, listen, we're accepting applications for any data and analysts, anybody who wants to do this shit, because this is becoming top heavy to say the least. All right. I already talked about Thursday night, three games or Thursday, three games. The first on the Big Ten Network, the Chicago Bears <laughs> versus the Detroit Lions. Can Andy I... Dalton. Andy Dalton starting for the Bears, by the way. Give me the Bears. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Bears too, man. I just if Goff although this game was, is in Goff Detroit, I know that means none. If you know Goff what? Was healthier. I would. I'm, ta- I'm taking the Lions, bro. You're, I'm you're taking the Lions. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to gain a game, and I just feel like. If the Lions are going to win, so when you think of Thanksgiving football, what are the two teams you think of? Cowboys and uh, Lions. All right. Right? Like, if the Lions are going to win the ga- a game, it's got to be on Thanksgiving, in my opinion. So, this will be the last time I pick the Detroit Lions this year <laughs> if they do not win this game. All right. Second game up. 
you got the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Dallas Cowboys. I was never a believer of the Raiders, uh, even when the early they do it all the time every every year. Yeah. Early success and fade to black. Uh, they're fading to black. I'm gonna say Cowboys. Yeah, I'm Cowboys too, especially after. Well, so so what's funny, Lou, is like, and I think I said this. I hope I said this because if I didn't, I'd be mad at myself. But like, the the Chargers Steelers game especially that fourth quarter was like what I thought the Cowboys chiefs game should have been and what mm-hmm. everybody was saying. And we were on Jason's show. You said it. Yep. I said for the fantasy football and everybody's saying you got it. Regardless, you got it. I mean, a shootout. Game. Yeah, yep, it's going to be a shootout. Get as many players from both offenses as you can. And I was on that bandwagon, but I did make the disclaimer, which meant it was going to be a 10, six game. And for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, it was a 10, six game, yeah. right? When mm-hmm. all is said and done. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think the Cowboys bounce, bounce back in, mm-hmm. in real fashion after that. And I know CD might not play. Amari might not play. Who, CD? CD, they said CD uh, has a good chance of playing. Amari can't. Either way, like Gallup balls, Schultz balls, they'll run the football all over yeah. Las yeah. Vegas. All right, Bills at Saints. Uh, I got to go Bills here. Yeah, I have to take the Bills after that loss last Could be a week. trap game. But don't, don't the Bills play New no. England next week? Um, so I don't think it's going to be a trap game. but uh, I don't think this can be a trap game because you just got smacked, right? Yeah, like, and, like, and new, you got to look at New Orleans. Injury. It's hard to get trapped. It, the, the traps usually happen when you're coming off a win and you're going into a team that you think you can beat. But when you just got smoked yeah. in the fashion in which they got smoked – if you're not up for this this short week in this game, like that's really telling for the Buffalo Bills. So yeah, I, New Orleans in, like injury uh, list is longer than yeah. uh, the ingredients in my quiche. I'm telling yeah. you right <laughs> and just got smacked by Philly. <laughs> um, which, by the way, dude, Philly is making a playoff push, which is pretty yeah, they crazy to begin with. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into the Sunday matchups: Steelers, Bengals in Cincinnati. I'm going to go Steelers. I'm going Bengals. Okay. I just like – They're getting, getting a I, lot of – The Steelers are getting a lot – They're getting Fitzpatrick back. They're getting Watt yep. back, Hayden back. I mean, I, that that's a, that, those are big. It tips because it's in Cincy for me. That's it. Okay. All right? I mean, it's literally – That's why okay. it tips. Uh, Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. I'm going <clears> Tampa. So, I'm going Tampa to – and I'm going Tampa because I just feel like momentum is a real thing in the NFL, right? And you just came off this monster win against the Buffalo Bills. Like, it's really hard to duplicate those performances. Mm-hmm. And the way that they did it was by dominating the run game, which if you go back and listen to when we were talking about the Bills-Colts game, yes, we both picked the Bills, but we both said this game would be a lot closer um, than people would think. And we it, would wasn't, said, really. it wasn't, but <laughs> we honest. said because of the run game, right? Yeah. Like where, where the surprise was, was I mean, dude, defense. Wentz threw for like a hundred yards in this game, literally yeah. like 102. The Colts defense yards. is what, what is what uh, surprised me. hundred percent. We thought that Buffalo would be able to throw the ball all over them, yeah. uh, but they didn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm going TB 12, okay. i.e. TB here as well. Yep. All right. Carolina at Miami.
Give me Carolina. See, I was just writing it in too. Uh, I want to take Miami here, but I can't. I just think Cam is second week starting. Um, I'll talk about him a little bit more in a moment, but I think he's he's going to change the momentum there a little bit, and I don't have a lot of faith in this Miami. I'm such a Cam hater, team. but I can just me see, too. I can me see too. the, the storylines now. Cam wins, yeah, you know, and then this, you know. All right, Titans at New England. New England. Wow. Like you didn't even hesitate there. Yeah, no. New England. New England. <laughs> now they have two running backs that can run the ball. Like that. Sh- that. And, and, and now, now they have some receivers making play. No, this, this is New England all day, every day, twice yeah, I on got, Sunday. I got New England too. I think uh, I'm excited to watch this game. But I think. See, I'm not. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't. Think you don't think it's gonna, gonna be, be close? No, I don't. Wow. I don't. Yeah. See, I just. I. Here's why it's gonna be close. Mike Vrabel is gonna have his team ready to p- play his former coach. I agree, and Tannehill does a great job playing New England. Look at his records. Uh, they they beat him in the playoffs. Uh, I think uh, two years back, and he's always been st- like pretty competitive with Miami. He has a pretty good record, you know. I think it was like four and six, which you're like, oh, four and six is a good record against New England. Uh, when those Miami teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, win, to win four of those ten games, yeah, I would say so. So, Agreed. but I still think I still think it's New England. It's not even close. All right, how about Philadelphia against the G-Men? I mean, how could you say the Giants? They look totally disarrayed. Hate their head coach, hated their offensive coordinator. Their their quarterback is a turnover machine. A turnover machine. The only good thing is about their defense, but their defense towards the later stages of the game get tired and worn out. Uh, what's going on with Barkley? The, the offensive. How can you how can you say the Giants? You're just saying it to be cute right now. If you're going to say the Giants, it has to be the Eagles. So I'm putting you down for the Giants. Yes, Giants. <laughs> Lock. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think the Giants are a mess right now, unfortunately. Um, so I, I'm Philly too. Atlanta at Jacksonville. Do I have to? Do I have to? Pick you, it? you have to pick it. Uh, Patterson's playing. Atlanta. Yeah, I'm Atlanta too. Just because Patterson's playing, I think he's a little. Yeah, bit I'm Atlanta because they, they had a couple extra days off. Couple extra days off, and I think a a bad break for Jacksonville was losing Jamal Agnew against the 49ers. I didn't think he yeah, was gonna I know. do I anything, but <laughs> me too. Um, but he seemed to be like a cog for them, you know, over the last couple he, he weeks. He was the playmaker. He was the playmaker. Yeah, and they don't even have that anymore, so that's a wrap. All right, your your game of the week. The New York Jets at the Houston Texans. Give me the Texans. Ah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, give me the Texans. You're taking Houston. All right. I do want to take the Jets, though, because that would be so Jets-like to win a meaningless game. I'm taking the Jets. I'm okay. taking the Jets, yeah. Ah, you uh, son of a bitch. Here, you got to think about it. What's I can just hear, you know, WFAN, you know. Yeah, or, you I, know, I totally agree. 
You go, why are they trying to win this game? Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, dude, I was all over it for to your point. Like, this is so something the Jets would do is win a game that totally they, mess it up. Yeah, that's just like stupid to win, right? Like, yeah. could have Trevor Lawrence, but you went ahead and won a football game last dude, year. Yeah, you know? dude, I'm going Jets. All right, I'm going Jets too. All right, Chargers at Broncos. Uh, Broncos always play the Chargers tough. I think they're five and fifteen in the last twenty against the Broncos. All that being said, though, I'm Chargers here. I'm f- I am. This might have been one of the first times I'm picking the Chargers. I'm going Chargers. Maybe I should pick the fucking Broncos. I don't know. Um, I'm Chargers. Rams. Packers. In Green Bay. Ooh, this is tough. Aaron Rodgers is banged up with a big toe. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw this press conference. He yep. showed his big toe. Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on with Rodgers. <laughs> uh, Rams coming off two big losses. You know what? Give me the Rams. Whoa. Yep. Coming, coming off a bye, extra time to prepare. I just felt like they they played them good last year, the Rams, right, in Green Bay. And now they got Stafford back. I mean, they got Stafford. He's better than Goff. I just think he'll be the difference maker. Uh, I'm taking the Packers because Aaron Rodgers' foot's been all over social media, and I just feel like when he does these things, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you got Rex Ryan like going like, yeah, this. I know, just fucking <laughs> foot fetishes everywhere. Um, I'm taking the Packers. Okay, I'll go Rams. Vikings, 49ers. In San Fran. In San Fran. I'll take I'll take San Fran. I'm taking the Vikings. Um, okay. I'm taking the Vikings. <clears throat> um, I just think the Vikings are playing really good football right they now. They are playing good football. Yeah. Can I change that? that? No. Okay. No, you can. You can if you want to, but I prefer you didn't because I need to make up the ground. I always go first. I don't. I I feel like a lot of pressure for me to think out these things. I'll go first on the next one. All right. I'm going Vikings. I'm switching it back to Vikings. All right. Sorry to be a pain. You go first this one. All right. I'm going. uh, So we have Cleveland at Baltimore. Uh, I'm assuming Lamar plays, therefore it is Baltimore. I will go with Baltimore as well because I think his dysentery is probably cured by now. I don't know if that was really it. <laughs> his chlamydia cur- has cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> apparently he was curled up in a ball on the plane or something. So uh, I'm going to say uh, he, yeah. The clap Baltimore. will do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll, have to tell, I'll take your. I'll take your word for it, Weston. <laughs> Go ahead. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. That's good advice. <laughs> One of the all-time greatest movies. You know what movie I'm referencing? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So I had said this one time to somebody at a work function across the country, and I was like bro league of their own is like literally one of my favorite movies of all time they're like are you serious i'm like have you watched this movie it's fucking phenomenal i came back to work in my entire like cubicle and this is years ago bro this is like eight nine years ago my entire cubicle 
was decked out in printed pictures of scenes from <laughs> a league of their own. That's like, they literally got back early from this trip to like decorate my entire office cubicle and pictures of it. And I was Your like, I'm not even, em- <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not even embarrassed that you did yeah. this. Like the movie, look at the lineup in that movie, dude it is out yeah. of control. Um, all right. Final matchup here. Uh, Seahawks at Washington. The Seahawks, the uh, Seahawks, yeah, has to be Seahawks. They lost two in a row, right? Well, they lost more than two in a row, but they lost two with Russell. The last two with Russell, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say Seahawks. I so badly want to say Seahawks just because. Um, just games away. It's on the East Coast, but it's a prime time Monday night game, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to take the Seahawks too. Yeah. I don't want to. I think Washington's playing good football, but I just I, I've Russell Wilson ever lost three in a row since he's been a starting quarterback? The answer is probably not. Probably not. And I don't see that breaking against a Washington football team. All right, so there you go. Makes it a lot easier for me now that I have them all written down. And all right, back and listen to. Love that. All right, let's get into our final and favorite segment of the week here, yeah, Lou. It's the fa- it's fantasy football time, and the quiche timer just went off, so let's bang some of these out real let's quick. Go. You keep right? talking about this quiche. I feel like it's going to burn your fucking house down if you don't get to it. Dude, to be honest, I don't know what the fuck a quiche is. I know you don't. I, know. I, don't, I don't. You think I fucking eat quiche? All right, so the first guy uh, I'm looking for uh, this week, I want to give the Jets some love. We easily rank on them week in and week out. Uh, we could. Anyway, but how about Elijah Moore? He's just coming off a huge game, eight catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Now he's going against Houston in their in their awful defense. Um, I'm going to say Elijah Moore is a guy that I'm I'm trying to input in my lineup. Yeah, I I, I have Elijah on here too. Um, I have him like my third guy, um, but I would just say. Every time I call his name, he usually flops. But I just think this yep. matchup against the Texans, um, who makes just too much been, sense. Yeah, they're just porous against NFL wide receivers this season. So I think that's a good play. My number one start of the week is actually your least favorite player, maybe your least favorite player in the NFL, close to one of my least favorite players in the NFL, Super Cam Newton. Um, I think he was a borderline start last week. This week against Miami, I just think you have to play him. Um, if you're in a super flex league, um, you know, tune in when we join Jason on Sunday because I'm sure this question is going to come up a whole bunch and I'm not going to waver. I just think he's he's playing with some confidence. He's kind of back in his groove. He groove. He's well rested, mind you, compared to most quarterbacks at this point in the season. And I think he's just a red zone threat. And if this game goes the way that I think it will, I think he legit is rushing for at least two touchdowns, mm-hmm. rushing for touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in a – I don't know why you would be, but in a CBS sports league where passing touchdowns only count for four points, but rushing count touchdowns count for six, uh, I think he's going to have a favorable game for you. So that's my number one is uh, Cam Newton. My number two is Melvin Gordon versus – that All awful right. rushing defense of the Los Angeles Chargers. You got a revenge game, A, coming off a of bye, B. Uh, and also, the Chargers defense, I know last week, I think it was an aberration, if you ask my honest opinion, uh, they can't stop the run. And everyone's going to be so quick. Well, wait a minute, what about Javante Williams? Believe it or not, their carries are pretty much identical. I actually think Gordon has like 10 to 15 more carries than Williams throughout this whole process. They have stayed true to them 
you know, split being a, a complete running back by committee. So I still think if the uh, when the Broncos get in the red zone, they're going to try punching in with Gordon to you know uh, to really rub it in in the Chargers' wounds there. Yeah, I, listen, you you called this out a, a few weeks ago that I think when we had Jason on our show about Melvin balling, like he's just been playing really, really well, right? And it's making it hard for Javonta Williams to get, you know, take over the, as the, the bell load, cow for yeah. the team. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like when I watch, I'm just like, God, like, like Melvin didn't have this juice last year. Maybe no. even the previous year, like he's playing inspirational football, you know, and he's playing good football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love the call. And like you said, outside of last week's performance from your defense, right? Uh, seemingly teams have been able to run the football against the yeah. LA Chargers. So my final one here, and this is a long shot, Lou, like this is a desperation. Hail Mary that could pay huge dividends. Do it. Or it could sink your battleship. Here we go. And I, the only reason why I bring this up is because I am toying with this idea myself. Matt Breida from the Buffalo Bills. Interesting. Yeah. So Buffalo is struggling in the run game. They're struggling all year. Their best running back is their quarterback. It is Josh Allen. Devin Singletary struggling to get going. I have Zach Moss in a league. That very same league that I lost Derrick Henry, Chase Edmonds has been out. I'm now filling in with like Dante Foreman and Zach Moss. And I went and picked up Breed off the waiver wire because I heard something from uh, McDermott, Sean McDermott, that this could be, or at least Buffalo Media is reporting that this could be Matt Breed a week on a short week. Um, last week, he put up 18 fantasy points. He had a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown. My concern is garbage time. Is he going to get what he's supposed to get? Garbage time would actually favor him because he's a better pass catcher than he is running back, in my opinion. Uh, having him as a 49ers running back in the past, like he is very effective out of the backfield, um, catching the ball, very effective, and he's underutilized. It's playing against the Saints. The Saints defense they're like is ranks, formidable. Yeah, they're like ranked second or third against the Raw. Like they're right up there with yep. Tampa. Uh and, but, and yeah. So but you gotta hope that maybe Buffalo goes out to an early lead and it gets out of hand and then they just run out Burita there. Uh and Zach Moss hasn't been the same since that concussion man yep. uh, the last two weeks. So so I would I would I'm gonna argue with here for a minute. I think this plays more favorably if it's a competitive football game, then if they get out into the league, because if it's, if it's, if Buffalo gets out to an early lead, I think you see a lot of Zach Moss. I think you see a lot of Devin Singletary, but I think if they got to get creative and scheme and play calling, you'll see more of Matt Breida. Again, this dude is very good out of the backfield catching passes. I know this firsthand, but again, it's against the saints to me, you play this man. If like, let's say you're in a Yahoo league and you're looking at your matchup this week, and the team is favored, you're favored to lose by 30 points. Let's just say that's the reality. I think right now, if you went and looked at Matt Breida's projections for the week, it's like less than two points. It's literally less than two points. I think that's where you take the flyer on this guy to say like, all right, I'm going to lose anyway. But if this guy gives me 18 to 20, 15, if he gives you plus 10, it's a win, right? Nope. Like compared to what it yeah. is. 
So no he's risk playing it, no, for me. This, the no risk it, no biscuit. Bruce yeah, Arians, baby. Yeah, he stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All Sorry, right. man. I'm quick with it. All right, Lou. That wraps us up. Um, as I always do, I'll rely on you to tell the avid listeners and new listeners where they can follow and where they can find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod at oh sorry WTF Pod NFL. Love sorry, it. that tripped the fan, man. <laughs> I, I hear you, dude. You're already <laughs> sneaking turkey. You're out there taste testing it. I'm sure. Um, and on YouTube, we are we're talking football. We apostrophe R E talking football. I'm tripped the fan as well. No, you're not. Uh, you get, you're red wined out, bro. <laughs> yeah, I am red wined out. I've been having a little bit throughout this this know, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's me. That's how I do as we roll into the, the pod, um, especially now that we get to record from home and I don't have to drive your ass into the studio and feel responsible <laughs> for your well-being or safety. Um, but Lou, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, obviously, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners and happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. And I look forward to watching these games this week and recapping them next week like we always do. All right. All right. All right. All right. Adios.